Let Him Go Barefoot is a podcast that dives into all things parenting and education through the lens of mindful awareness. Conversations aim to bring forward patterns, beliefs, and attitudes that shape our expectations and ideas about what it means to raise healthy children. With the blend of science, ancient wisdom, and intuition, we will explore ways to support, nurture, and connect with our growing children while also nurturing and expanding ourselves. I am grateful you are here. What you just heard is a clip from the adorable preschool show, Gus Plus Us, the brainchild of Nick and Christina Castor, also the creators of Castor Studios, a full-service entertainment company outside of Austin, Texas. Nick and Christina joined me for episode 23 of the podcast to talk about how the show came to be, the mission of their studio, as well as their journey to the decision to homeschool their two kids. Gus Plus Us is a fully handcrafted live-action children's show made with love and intention for the entire family. It is beautiful as well as entertaining and educational. I can also guarantee that you will find yourself singing the songs long after you turn off the television. Christina plays Lucy, the mentor to Gus, and Nick puppeteers Gus and Carrot. Family and friends are involved in designing and making the sets, including their children. Talk about immersive learning. Speaking of learning, I learned a ton about making a TV show. My appreciation for this art form has been taken to a whole new level, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy and learn a lot too. Here is my conversation with Nick and Christina Castor. Hello, Christina and Nick. I welcome you to the Let Them Go Barefoot podcast, and I'm so grateful that your studio reached out and asked about being interviewed and talking about the programming and the work that you're doing as a family and also as a studio. So get us started, I guess, if you can just introduce yourselves, tell us who you are, what you're, what you're working on, um, you know, maybe your family, your background, and kind of just sort of the trajectory to now. Yeah. Hello. I'm uh, Nick Castor. I'm a husband, a dad, and a filmmaker. Yeah. Hi, Missy. It's so nice to be here. I'm Christina Castor, and I'm a singer and actress, and I homeschool our two children, Brooklyn Blue, who's 10, and Cruz, who is seven. And um, music is kind of what brought us together. I grew up doing musical theater and singing in church, and I was in a band um, looking for a piano player, and our moms actually set us up by getting (laughs) Nick... Getting Nick to check out the band that I was in so that we could meet. Yeah, it was like super rock and roll story. (laughs) Very very classic. (laughs) I'm taking mental notes for my own children one day (laughs) because it worked out well. (laughs) Um, And at that time, Nick was uh, composing his own music. Babe? Yeah, I was like composing music and hopefully being like, I wanted to be a film composer at the time. Mm, Okay. Um, that's what drove me into like learning film and getting into it. And then I think at that time is when digital cameras started getting popular. So I bought a DSLR and started filming music videos on the side as like a side job and making corporate promo videos and stuff like that. So when would you say that was? What year? That was before we were married and then going into our marriage. Yeah. So it was probably like 2005. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 2005. We got married in 2006. And then soon after we got married is kind of when we started Castor Studios in 2007 um, with me and my brother and Christina. So we started that out of my parents' garage. (laughs) Basically, my desk was next to their washer and dryer in there. (laughs) That seems like the template for these sorts of stories, doesn't it? Exactly. In the garage. (laughs) Yes. You have to start in a garage. That's right. To make it legitimate. Yes. (laughs) Any endeavor. Um, It was great. It was fun. 
we still remember it. We, I mean, we loved it because it was the, the family aspect plays a huge role in Caster Studios and how we think and how we operate. Um, it's kind of like we always, when we started it, my dad was involved. He's a big supporter on us take, getting it kicked off and stuff. So it was neat. It was a blessing. And um, that's kind of where the family feel came was like, we're going to do purpose, qual- you know, keep it quality and, and apply integrity in everything that we do. Okay. In the company. So, well, and I was going to read your bio um, on Instagram, which says you're an entertainment company pursuing premium film and television projects that push the ordinary into something extraordinary. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, can you elaborate a little bit on that as far as that sort of being an umbrella mission? Yes. So, now Caster Studios is a full blown entertainment company. We develop and create films and TV entertainment. Um, we produce projects um, with our whole production team we have in-house, and we distribute films all over the world through streaming platforms now. Wow. So okay. now we've grown from the small family team to expanding to a friendly team with a lot of friends that become family. And we've um, now built our own studio facility in Texas where we have a big sound stage and offices and there's about six of us on, on the team. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, and maybe I probably jumped ahead a little bit. If you want to back up to talk about what it looked like when you first started as a family in 2007 and sort of the mission at the time and how it changed over the years. Yeah. In 2007, we are kind of focused on corporate commercials and music videos. That was probably from the connections we had from friends up in LA. Uh, we lived in San Diego at the time, so LA was only a few hours away. And we started, my sister started a fashion blog, actually. And she was like, oh, can you help me build it? So I would figure out how to build a, a website. And then I had my camera and I would edit her videos and like make a whole thing. And that's when it started expanding and it started connecting us with people in LA. And they were like, what are you guys doing? So it was like my, it was like before the social media era. Okay. Yeah. It was yeah. hilarious. Because it has changed dramatically. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Nick is very self-taught. So he would, you know, realize they need he needed photos for content. And so he would just go online and watch YouTube videos on how to light things well. And and he would get a camera and he'd learn how to use the camera and all the settings. And so he would just learn how to do it. He's like, Oh, I, we need to do this. I better learn how to do it. And um so it was, it was a lot of growing all of us together in that way. Mm-hmm. When I yeah. did notice one of the posts that you made about the fact that he had a love for film and music and um, was very self-taught. And of course, that speaks mm-hmm. very, very much to my heart and uh, belief about when you're passionate about something or you have an interest, then it really is amazing the spark that's created and how how you don't really let anything stand in your way. If you want to learn it, yeah. you figure out a way. Where there's a will, there's a way, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. That is so true. Yeah, I remember getting invited to film on a big production in LA for the first time. People were passing my name around, and someone in LA, a good friend, of, or he was a friend of ours, John Chu, and he was making a movie for Amazon Prime. And he's like, "Oh, call Nick, and he can come up and help." So I went up on set, and it was my first time on a, a full set at the time, it was 2008, I think. And everyone's saying things, what they're called, and I didn't know what they were. And I'm walking around and they're like, how are you producing this if you don't know what this is called? I was like, I don't know. That's right. Learning on the fly. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So then after the beginning stages of the 2007 to 8, um, when did it sort of start taking the turn to do like the family programming? Yes. So um, one of the things that we got to create together is our children's show which is geared towards preschoolers. And it was this, it's this passion project that we have talked about and we've dreamed about for a very long time um, before we had the opportunity to film it, which was almost two years ago. And I should actually say that, that Nick dreamed of it for a long time because I wasn't sure that we should even be making a show at all for kids. Mm. Um, <laughs> so I, I was just, I, my, when my daughter was four years old, I started diving into books about homeschooling because we both had always known that we would want to homeschool our kids. Nick and I were both homeschooled for part of our, our childhood. Okay. Um, and so the first book that I read was For the Children's Sake by Susan Schaefer McCauley. 
And so there's actually this quote I was going through the book the other day um, that settled in my mind that I really didn't want my kids to watch a lot of TV growing up. Uh, so therefore, making a TV show for children just felt like the biggest fraud to me. Mm. <laughs> and, and so this, there's this one quote that really got me, and I, ha I had highlighted it years ago. And it says, um, we devalue the personhood of our wonderful children. We rob their minds of proper, interesting, strong meat to nourish their growing needs. We belittle their interests. We compete with the entertainment of TV. We flick images, flash colors, use tricks. And so for me, I just didn't see the possibility of making a worthy show for children. And I didn't want to produce another trick or a distraction for kids. And so this became frustrating for both of us because he was dead set on developing this show and I just didn't want anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. And he wanted me to be in it. <laughs> so it just created sort of a conflict and differing. I kept telling her, I can't do this yeah. without you. Yeah, he kept saying that, but we couldn't come to like a. Some days, I'm going to do this without yeah. you. Yeah, some days he'd say, I'm going to do this. And I didn't really like that idea either. He'd say, maybe we'll have to get another Lucy. And I was like, I don't know. I wouldn't say anything. I was just quiet. But in my heart, I was like, oh, I don't know if I can handle mm -hmm. that. <laughs> you know, so, but in the end, it was amazing because our different views helped us create the show that we have today. And so I just started reading to him about what I was learning. And I'd say things like Charlotte Mason says that children are born persons and just, and I, lots of different things I'd, I'd quote. And so after a while he started saying, you know, we can make that kind of show. Like we can make a show that is thoughtful, that doesn't talk down to kids with the goal of inspiring them through creativity and original quality music. And so it just took me a while to come around to that idea, but we started coming up with episode ideas anyway. And then it was just, it was hard not to get excited. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, and I remember checking, yeah, it just sort of grew and the, it was contagious. Um, another book that I checked out from the library book by John Holt uh, was called Learning All the Time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pioneer of unschooling. Mm -hmm. And Nick yeah, spoke to me. I was like, I love yeah. that book. Yeah. Nick <laughs> loved that book. And so as we were learning these things, how we desired to create a certain atmosphere in our own home, we also realized that that quality could be carried over into the show that we wanted to make. And right. so that was really, that was really when we got to work. Mm-hmm. When I love the process that you explain, because I think it shows how much you respect one another, but also the importance of being intentional about what you do decide to create and not jumping into it yes. just because it sounds like a fun, exciting idea. Because sometimes we do right. we do that, right? We're, oh, it's so exciting and great. And I just yeah. need to do it. And, and right. until you can get settled, I guess, in your, in the direction that you want it to go, it really does allow you to create that framework and then build off of that. So it sounds to me like, and maybe I'm misinterpreting, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds to me like once you were on board, it sort of poured out of you, like the yes, ideas. Then that's exactly, that is, that is exactly what happened. And it was, it was, you know, when I look back, it was kind of beautiful because our kids were really young, you know, babies and, and preschool when we were talking and dreaming about the show, but it wasn't a practical time to make it. Mm -hmm. So we had that time to like, let these ideas marinate oh, yeah. and, and think about the show. We thought about it for years and talked about it. And then we had to come up, you know, come to this understanding of the type of show we wanted to make. So it, it's a gift that it took as long as it did because we needed that time to figure out what kind of show we wanted to make. Right. So let's talk about that show. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> let's get into it. Let's get into it. So what's its name? And who is it geared for? And kind of just, you know, walk us through maybe even if you want to a particular episode and kind of give us just a general idea for those who are listening. Yeah, it's called Gus Plus Us. It's a live action children's show. Um, it's about an enduring creature named Gus, who is uh, full of cur curiosity and creativity. And um, every episode begins with Gus against a blank canvas, inviting the viewers to join him on an adventure. Oh. along with his faithful, zany sidekick, Carrot, and his whimsical mentor, Lucy. That's me. Okay. <laughs> so there's a lot of 2D animation involved. Um, 
basically every episode's about 11 minutes and there's a three minute song mm -hmm. um, that we wrote and, the, and that's when the kids join in. So there's a full music video that wraps up the lesson of the episode. That sounds great. Um, and I'm, you know, now that my kids are older, like I was telling you before we started recording, I have not been into what's available really for the younger generation now. So I imagine there's just so many different avenues to access the show. And is, was there, did you have to find the places that would accept it? Or was it one of those things where the platform's available and if you want to upload your show, you can. So I, I like, how does that work? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so part of our company does distribution and that's what that basically is, is we have relationships with platforms and okay. uh, we had to go pitch it to them, what we're creating prior to making it. And then after we made it, had to go back and say, okay, it's made. Um, would you like to put it on your platform? What ended up happening is Kadoodle wanted to do an exclusive deal with us. So Kadoodle TV is a um, AVOD, an ad sub uh, service platform. So it's free. You don't have to buy a subscription or anything. And they wanted to exclusively have it for the first four months. So we went ahead and signed a deal with them mm -hmm. to roll it out with them first. And um, after that, it, it's now on Amazon, iTunes for purchase. And then in January, we'll be on 20 new platforms oh my throughout the world. Wow, that's amazing. <sighs> so it's grown in the last three months. It, yeah, it was just released in September. Yeah. Okay, so your very first episode was released this past September. Yeah. Yeah, the whole season, actually. Yeah, there's, we released it at once. 13 episodes. Oh, that's amazing. I love it when shows do that, by the way. I'm just going to give a little... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're in that time of, uh, you know, we right. want to watch the things... We, we want it all. Yeah, on our schedule, yeah. too, right? So it's like... Yeah. You know, yeah, you can yeah. binge watch it now. Right. Or, yeah. or it's like, I'm traveling next Sunday. I can, I'm not going to be here when right. the episode comes out. I really want to see the next one now so I can, you know, come back and watch yes. the other ones when I get back. So, no, that's great. Okay. So it started in September, the entire season. How many episodes are in a season? There's 13. Mm -hmm. 13. You said that. Okay. Yeah. 13. And each episode is about 11 minutes. Now, did you all decide the 11 minutes based on research and the things that you had read, Christina, about children and watching television or attention span? Or did y'all look into sort of like the neuroscience of all that or... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we just, it seemed to fit well with the way we wanted to tell stories. Mm. Then we could like just focus on, on a certain, like for instance, we have an episode about Sky um, and they go on this adventure in a hot air balloon. And so it just, it felt like the right fit. Um, and then to have one music video at the end. And I think Nick can expand on this a little bit too. Yeah, like a lot our, of the ideas came out as a short. And then we were like, you know, we can we can go a little longer. We don't want to make it too long. We weren't big about the 22-minute right, concept the, that they uh, Most the TV shows, needed. yeah. And we thought, you know what? I think 11 to 12 minutes is a perfect amount of time before either you either want, watch another one or you can just stop. Right. It kind of <laughs> gives parents an option, like – just a 13 minute, or if you wanted to watch two of them at a time, you know, that brings it to closer to 30 minutes. Um, and so it, it, we kind of liked, we liked that length for the yeah, stories. Like, the way, like eight minutes, a lesson and an adventure, and then three minute music video to the song. Now, do you have a CD with music that goes along with your show? Or is that something that you... They're okay. all on Spotify. So all of our music, if you just type in Gus Plus Us, if you have Spotify and iTunes... It will it'll bring our album up um, for season one. Yeah, the whole album's on there. And did you say you have season two ready to go, or you're working on season two for the new year? Yeah, we are now developing season two. Okay, um, looking at filming in April, so we wouldn't be in production till April at this point. But what, also, the other cool aspect of the show is it's all handcrafted. Every set piece, most of the set pieces are made handcrafted out of cardboard. Paper, wood, wood, a ton of hot glue. Yeah, hot glue. <laughs> so much hot glue. We need to buy stock. Our big yeah, yeah, we do. Exactly. We kept going to Michael's. Right. But we love the whole handcraft feel. I mean, that's yeah. our favorite thing. So we yeah. had a team. Um, Jocelyn got a team of. Yeah, we had art an art department. director, art department. 
And the whole family was here in the studio just building sets yeah. for like three months with our hands. <laughs> That's amazing. That really yeah. changes things too. And I think once somebody watches it, knowing that, it really just kind of raises the bar as far as enjoying what you've put out because it's one thing to have, you know, all the techie things that are available now, but it's, it just changes. It makes it more, I don't know, um, not, not just old fashioned, but yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? It just connects you differently. Yes. yes. That's how we felt. We wanted them to feel like we did touch everything and we're, you know, Mm -hmm. it's warm. Right. It kind of gives you that warm feeling. The care that's and thought that was put, put into it and the intention behind it. And we dragged we dragged as many family members in as we could, <laughs> just because we we loved that. Like our kids were with us the whole time we were making things, and they had to paint lily pads for yeah. the fishing episode. Yeah, they would, or they'd be here playing and creating something out of cardboard for themselves to play with. So it was just this wonderful family atmosphere. Of that was that creativity. was kind of our your idea, Christina, was to. If we handcraft it, it also inspires creativity without saying anything. Right. Visually. Definitely. Which was, it felt nice. Yeah. Well, and I love that your kids have been able to be intimately involved because I I think, you know, as a homeschooler myself and as a, as an unschooler and self-directed education advocate, that is one of the pieces that I have certainly learned over the years is that, you know, when we have something that we love and we're passionate about as parents, it's so wonderful to be able to share that with our children and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's nice to incorporate them because they're getting to see what it takes. They don't just get to see the finished product, which sometimes people see the finished product and might not think it took very much time, but when they really get to see what goes into it, gives them a different appreciation. Oh yeah, absolutely. So do they come with you, come to you with ideas? Have they been in inspirational at all? I'm sure. (laughs) Oh yes, they do. I'll tell you when your idea is not good. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) They're brutally honest. They're they're good critics too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think Blue, our daughter actually helped come up with the Sky episode. We have where we go on the hot air balloon. Yes. She wrote the intro to the Sky episode, and I actually had, when she told me about it, I said, oh, well, you got to come into the work and uh, pitch it to everybody. She's like, And how okay. old was she? She was eight at the time. She was eight she at was the time. Eight. So she yeah. storyboarded it. I told her to storyboard it and then present it to everyone at the office. So she came in and she, I had filmed her. She stood up and, and pitched the whole idea. Man. Yeah. It's so sweet. That's great. Talk about just, you know, the that's some intense skills set that she's she's a developing yeah. in real time it was you it know, was you, neat. you can't create a class for that you know <laughs> it's right. just, that life learning is so powerful right. so and your son you said is how old he's seven how how does he feel about the show and is he doing sort of similarly or is he kind of could take it or leave it oh he he loves it yeah he's he's in it in the music videos um that's when we let They're both the kids actually all join in, it. in. So both of them join in on the music video side. So we have kids in there and he gets involved. He loves taking, um, we have t-shirts out now around the show. So he likes to model them and take photos. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. He's up for anything. Yeah. He is. He's all about That's it. That's so awesome. So do you have plans then for a different episode? I mean, not an episode, but a different show, or is this kind of your focus right now? And you're going to just get this really like another season down and just kind of see where this takes you. As of right now, this is the only kids content we're creating. Um, We have about four uh, feature films in development within the company right now that we're looking at. Um, But right now we've been in talks with other platforms about creating other kids content for them, Um, but nothing set in stone as we're trying to focus on this show right now. Um, it's kind of putting all of our time in, and especially because I play both characters. So I'm Gus and Carrot, and I puppeteer them. Okay. So I have to, right now with season one, we're watching it kind of develop and, and get in front of everybody. It's been taking up more of my time than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So developing, we have a team that develops stuff with us, and I kind of head the creative team and the vision here. So we've been doing spurts back and forth, but now that we've greenlit season two, we've been just, you know, let's focus on this show. We don't want to lose sight of what it is. 
and we want to keep it family, family doing it and keep it small feeling. Yeah. I can imagine, especially when more and more people start seeing it and other platforms learn about it, that it, it, it could get technically get away from you. Yeah. Right. If, if, um, if you're not solid in sort of the vision that you have and, and the direction you really want it to go. Right. So as far as the other things that you do with your studio, is it something you can talk about or like at least think maybe what types of film feature films you're working on as yeah. far like, are they documentaries? Are they, you know, entertainment drama, yeah. that sort of stuff? They're narrative. So yeah, they're, they're more drama. Um, one is called Duca Duval about George Parr. He was a, uh, South Texan politician um, that ended up building Duca Duval, like San Diego, Texas. Okay. And so we just got the book rights for it. Mm. And we are looking at developing that either to a feature film or maybe a series. So it's your typical like politician mobster story from the, all the way from the fifties and sixties time timeline. So a true story based on that. So it's a little definitely different than the kids show. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I was going to say, Christina, are you, are you cast for that role? Any of those roles? <laughs> I don't know if there's a role in there for me. <laughs> That's okay. I'll, I'll be in the background. Well, there's a journalist That's right. that was trying to take him down and she was an awesome woman. And I'm like, oh my gosh, babe, maybe. Oh my gosh. Does she get to yeah. ride a horse or something? That sounds, <laughs> that sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I imagine you do what a typical studio would do, which is you have the screenplay and then you have right. a casting call and all right. those things that have to happen. Mm-hmm. So like for, yeah. from start to finish with this particular film, how, like what would be a timeline for, you know, from the time that you decide you're going to film it to it being released? We're looking, well, right now we're developing it. So we got the book rights and now we're creating like the pitch deck. So how we bring mm. it to life and what the story could be about, the story arc. Okay. So act one, act two, act three. And then we pitch it to like Netflix or HBO Max and kind of um, pitch the whole development package of what this thing can be. And then from there, if it gets greenlit, then we start hiring the writer. I see. And then we can start looking in the, to the cast. So it's a um, it's a long process. It's about a two-year development process for something that big. Well, that's good to know. And I appreciate you walking me through that because I have a feeling there's plenty of people who will listen to this who have kids who might be interested in that sort of um, that type of work and film yeah. and yeah. music and, and you know, cre- the creative arts. And so it's nice right. to kind of hear behind the scenes, like, what does that really look like? What are the details and the ins and outs? Yeah, it's so it's it's fascinating. It is it's, fascinating. It's and, fascinating. And how we, we used to do that for music videos. So we used to actually get a song okay. from a band from their label, and we would create the story arc idea of what the music video would be to that song. So it kind of played when we were starting Caster. We did a lot of music videos, so we found it was a very similar process. Yeah, I can imagine it is. Then do you? Are, so you're available then to people. So if there's a band out there right now who is looking for a production studio, they could contact you and say, we would really like to make a, a music video. Yeah. Yeah. We do a lot of work with um, the last few we've done is Carrie Underwood and we've done Midland, a few country bands. Oh, that's just small potatoes. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. We did uh, George Strait two years ago, I believe. Yeah. Two years ago we did George Strait and then Thomas Rhett, do a lot of Thomas Rhett. Yeah. We're kind of, Built, worked our way up, and then we worked with a couple um, pop bands. So we did O Town was one of mm-hmm. them from what was the two thousands. I was about to say I'm not 2000s. familiar. Is there a song? Yeah, that- they had a show called Making the Band on MTV. Oh, okay. And then we started producing their content. I yeah. see. And it was a it was a lot of fun. But they're 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 back, so they're touring again, and we're like, oh my gosh, yeah. We're laughing about how old we all are now. Oh yeah, no. When you start when you start saying in the 2000s and it was like a while ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> so tell me about your homeschool experience, if you yeah, will, or yeah. want to. You know, what you want to talk about sort of like where sure. you are in the grand scheme yeah. of things with homeschooling. And you said that both of you had early on agreed that that was sort of where you wanted to take things yes. with your own children because you both had been homeschooled. Yes. Okay. So um, I, I homeschooled for junior high public schooled the rest of my schooling years. And then Nick homeschooled off and on. And so it was, it's, 
I'm thankful because it's so helpful that we both have this perspective. Um, mm. we're, we weren't happy, you know, in the traditional school system. Um, so that made it very easy to both be on the same page from the very beginning. Uh, and, and, you know, when I first started having, when my daughter was born, I should say, I wasn't sure how I would homeschool, if I would be able to homeschool. I, the same doubts that everybody has, I think, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, I know I want to homeschool. <laughs> and so I, my first experience was just meeting other families that homeschooled and seeing their kids and the relationship. And, and I just wanted that. Um, so I'm thankful that I got to be around other families who did it. And then as my daughter got, you know, it's nice when you have somebody who you can share it with and you can ask questions to, and you feel like you have like a, a little team that's available Mm -hmm. to you at any point in time. So you don't feel so alone. Yes. Yeah. That's huge. Um, and just seeing that it works, you know, before I had actually started with my kids, uh, just seeing like how fruitful it is and, and what a beautiful thing it is. Um, so that was my inspiration. And then as my daughter got older, like around age four, like I said, I just started reading books and, and hearing from other people who had gone before. Um, and so now my daughter's 10, my son is seven. So we've been homeschooling since she was, you know, from the very beginning. And it's just been so, it's been the best thing. Like we love, it's a lifestyle for us more than just, you know, doing our school during the day because they are such a part of what we do as a family for work. They're, they're here at the studio with us right now Mm -hmm. while we film, you know, talk to you. Uh, so they come and do everything with us. So they, they learn a lot from their dad by seeing what he does. Uh, but for, for the school day, we mostly, it's nice when we can start in the morning and have morning time is my favorite thing. I love reading to my kids. Um, so I, I pick out books for the year and, always add more in throughout the year and we sing together and read the Bible in the morning and do all of those things, poetry, recitation. We look at great art and it's just this rich, beautiful time that I treasure with them. Right. Um, and then we, we do the normal things, you know, math, reading. Um, and then we try to be outside as much as possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like to, outside a lot. Yeah. Today we were, they're building this town in the back of our yard. We ha- we live on a couple acres and we've got some chickens, 13 chickens and a and a cat wanting to get more animals all the time, but they're building this rock town based off of Roxaboxen. And it was just the best thing because I read that to them when they were when my daughter was little, and I don't think we've read it for a while now, but they still remember it and I had always wanted them to to build like a little town of like a little rocks of oxen of their own. That's so but cute. She, yeah. Yeah. But she just did today. And I just, I just love it because it's stuck in, it just shows it's stuck in her mind, even though it was years after we had read that book over, you know, we'd read it, we'd read it a lot. Um, so it was just, it was always there, even though. <laughs> I think that's such a great point to make. And we found that constantly. Yeah. And, and I always encourage parents when I talk to them is that, don't give up mm-hmm. hope that they won't do the thing that right. you particularly love, but always keep that in mind. Like yeah. if it's your thing, just it's your right. thing, but don't think that they're going to not enjoy it. Because I noticed even certain topics we would cover, like let's say my son would be between like five and six and we'd talk about maybe Native Americans or we would talk about another um, location on the map mm-hmm. and and it would feel like we had kind of exhausted the information, but then we would circle around and we'd talk about it again when he was like 10 or, you know, it was very interesting to see how like, it's not, you would just do it and forget it and never go back to it. And I think that you're right, that there are certain things that do kind of stay in the back background and then they, they poke up again. And yes. same with music. We have a piano here. My son played piano and and then my daughter dabbled and then they both kind of left it for a while. Now my son's picking up the guitar again and it's just so neat. It's been there all yes. along. It just needed to kind of sit there for a while and, and marinate, like you said, about your ideas. And Exactly. Um, so can you tell us about that book? I've never heard of that one before. Oh, Rocks of Oxen? Yeah. Oh, yes. I, it's one of my favorites, actually. It's um, Barbara Cooney. I believe I believe she wrote it or she maybe she just illustrated it, but... 
it's um it's a picture book and it's just it's very beautiful and it's about these kids that live out in the desert and so they they collect rocks and they make little a little town by making an outline with rocks and there's like a mayor and then they they'll get pretend they have horses by just holding rope and like it's very the way they play it's very old fashioned and they there's a jail so if you're speeding too fast on your horse you can get thrown in the jail <laughs> like it's just it's the cutest thing then they have like a they set up shops and so there's like an ice cream shop a bakery and you can go and get as much as you want and i think you collect gems for money so my daughter created like her own little rock shop and she had chalk and she wrote rock shop on her little rock sign and it's just full of imagination imaginative play that's great yeah and and I pulled it up on Amazon and it says it's by Alice McLaren. Yes, Alice McLaren. And yeah, and then illustrated by Barbara, Barbara Cooney. Cooney. And it looks very cute. Yeah, yeah super. Barbara Cooney's wonderful. Uh, seems representative of a bunch of homeschooling children. Oh, yes. 100%. <laughs> it is. Running, running freely running outside. Freely. Or children in yes, general. Yes, yeah. running freely outside and wild with their imaginations. As a parent too, like even as a dad watching how Christina homeschools them, it's really neat to see like the hybrid model because a lot of people I've noticed ask Christina all the time, like, oh, what cur- curriculum are you using? And Christina, like, I don't, I'm kind of mixing it based on how they're learning. And that's kind of neat to see is like you adjust based on the child. Yeah. So I always call it hybrid. <laughs> they're kind of hybrid learning. Right. It's thing. an eclectic model and, and it can change with what's happening in our lives and, and then we learn something new or I learn something new and it, it all adjusts. Um, so it's it's sort of a, a, a beautiful mess of, of a learning environment. <laughs> right. Well, and I think that is what's so beautiful about the option to homeschool. And when you mm-hmm. do get that chance to be with your kids and working through different ideas and information with them is that you as a parent, an adult, get to revisit certain things and you get oh, to actually yes. almost learn them better. Right. And you're like, hey, I didn't get a chance to do this when I was your age. I'm really going to take this information. I'm going to go sit over here by myself and read it, read <laughs> yeah. it further, even if you're done. Yes, so exactly. It, it's their yeah. curiosity can their curiosity, like your show. You know, Gus's curiosity. I mean, that's that's childhood, right? Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yeah. That's exactly. that's what I love about the character Gus. He's just all curiosity. And then Lucy, which is my character, her her job, she's the mentor. So her job is just to be a support to him and like be curious with him. Mm. Yeah. So I kind of see it as, as how I homeschool. I'm not there to, you know, be their teacher and tell them, learn this, learn that. But I'm there to just help answer questions or learn it with them. And, and we're all going to wonder together. Right. Yes. What have been some some lessons that you've learned? while being a parent that sort of inspired you to maintain that sort of mission of creating shows with the parents in mind as well? Because I know that was one of the things you had said um, or or that you had said on like Instagram or maybe even there's a byline somewhere about that. So it's like, you know, it's not just about the children. It's also about the parents. So what is it about the parents that you're trying to ensure that you do when you create these shows? Well, I think it really speaks to to the quality of what we're making. So we want we want it to just be the best it can it can possibly be. We want it to be meant for the family, um, just like old movies that that you love sitting down and watching with your with your kids. So we want it to have that mm-hmm. feel um, to where it's enjoyable for everyone. It, it to be you know beautifully lit, so cinematic. Um, the sets to be handcrafted. That was another reason we wanted it to be handcrafted. It, we just wanted to bring everything up to this high quality level. The characters to be well developed and interesting, and then the music to be pleasant for everybody's ears, um, because kids deserve the best. And if it's the best, then then surely parents will like it too. Mm-hmm. So that was that was sort of our vision. We didn't want it to be annoying in any way. Yeah. Our, yeah. Our whole too is like, we want to make something the whole family could enjoy. Right. Whether yes. it's targeted towards kids, but the whole family could walk in and go, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, this is joyful. Right. I like it. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to sit here with you and enjoy mm-hmm. it together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's what we kind of yeah. wanted that to be. Um, that's how I felt with a lot of old school kid shows at the time. There was moments where you walk in and you go, oh, I actually like this or, right. or I don't mind hearing them in the background. Yeah. I remember getting sucked into, I have a, I have a sister who's 11 years younger than I am. And so I remember when she would be watching a show and I, I would get sucked into the, the storyline you know, of some cartoon mm. like Arthur or something like that. And I, I think that's our goal is, is for the story to be interesting and, and the aesthetic, the look of the show to be pleasant so to where the family gets sucked in and they're like, huh, I kind of want to watch this too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Something that's entertaining, engaging, where you're kind of like, where's this story going? And yes. follow the character from beginning right. to end and see how it how it wraps up. No, and, and I I know as a parent, I loved being able to sit with my kids and watch a show that we both could get something out of. And there's wow. you know, that's a it's a very bonding experience. Mm-hmm. And it's um, you know, children do need some downtime and right. and sometimes it's a snuggling up with the book, but then right. your TV show is almost like a book. Yeah. In a unique sort of way, because it, it it tells a story from beginning to end. And I love that you wrap it up with a song. Yeah. And that's what we've been, we've been noticing. We didn't think about, we always like children's books, but we are always afraid. That's our next thing that we're like, Ooh, don't mess that up. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> we've been, people have been going, Oh my gosh, you should turn your episodes into books. And we're like, well, yeah, that's kind of like touchy. We're pretty, like, like picky on kids' books. I don't know. We're, I'm afraid to take that on right now. <laughs> yeah. We do not want to be in the, the trashy kid book category if we do make a, a book. So <laughs> standards yeah, oh, there. I don't think you would be. <laughs> yeah. We, so we're, our hopes is to go that way, but we're very picky because we don't, we don't look at it as like, Oh, that'll make a buck you know, to sell books, mm, but we right. would like, well, we want it to, it's gotta be good, you know? And that's kind right. Of like if you put your name on it, you really want it to meet your standards and, and do, and, and I have a feeling it'll probably come together just like the show did where you'll right. think about it and mull it over and yeah. the ideas will present itself in yeah. due time. Right. Exactly. So tell us how people can find you. Um, we talked about Kadoodle, right. but also Amazon prime. Mm-hmm. Are there other platforms where they can people can purchase your show? And can they purchase them individually or as a season or both? Yeah, both. You could do the whole season or individual episodes. And the best okay. probably hub is gusplusus.com. So it kind of has, if you go to the website, um, it has the links to where it's at. Gotcha. And as we update it, we'll keep updating it as more platforms take on the show. All right. And you said that will happen in the, in the new year. Yeah. So mm-hmm. January will be on, we start like spreading out all the different platforms but right now. Kind of the main, the main ones are on right there right now. There's like Kadoodle TV. There's um, Apple, which is iTunes, mm-hmm. Amazon. And I yeah. Amazon is for purchase. Yeah. Um, but there's no ads because on, on Kadoodle, it's free, but there are some ads. But it's a good way to see if you like the show. Okay. And then you said Spotify has your entire, the, all the music. Right. Spotify and iTunes has the entire album. Great. And as far as your Instagram and other social media, what what would be the best? Yes. Yeah, so at, at Gus Plus Us on Instagram. And- yeah. Yeah. Our Instagram is at Gus Plus Us. And I think Facebook's the same. Yes, Facebook Gus is Gus Plus Us. And so we're, we're active on there, always updating everything that's going on. Yeah, we started creating little shorts as well in between for Instagram and stuff that we post on YouTube and stuff that the characters do. So we have little one-offs we're starting to create in between the seasons. Yeah, and coming up, we're going to start. Oh, yeah. Yeah, little little shorts. We want to post more behind the scenes of making the show. Um because we get feedback that kids and families love seeing like how we made it and just the, it shows the family aspect of creating the show, which we'll do a lot more of even as we film the next season. I was going to say, I think that could be a show all on its own. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, yeah. almost like a, like a, like the good old vlog days, you know, where you're like, here's right. what's happening. And <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting to see. Yeah. I always love the behind the scenes for movies the most too. 
Me too. And yeah. and waiting until the very end to get like those extra tidbits of information about yeah. how something was made or the character development and that sort of thing. Yeah, um, exactly. There was a there was a meme that went around years ago um, of a mom who. It was like mom saying to the kid, why are you sitting there watching all those people on TV or on YouTube that you don't know anything about? And then it says mom promptly turns on um, a, a home improvement show and watches people <laughs> buy homes and clean homes and things like that. And I was like, see, I was like, humans just enjoy watching other humans. It's just yeah. true. It's so, true. Yeah. I think that's a great addition to, to Gus plus us. So um are there any any parting words or encouragement or advice that you want to offer to families who may have some children who are interested in the entertainment industry or who have that creative sort of drive to to make something? Um, you know, what what would be some advice that you could provide there? And then also maybe even advice advice for pa- parents who are interested in homeschooling. Yeah, with uh, the creative kids that get inspired to do that is always a different thing. I grew up in a family where my dad was a construction worker. So he built buildings Mm -hmm. and creativity and film and even theater Mm -hmm. that our family was around. He didn't understand it. But what he did do is he supported it and he was always available to go, what what are you doing? I don't, I don't understand it, but you show me what you're doing. Right. And he was always there to help and encourage because he wasn't a musician, but I was, I was, piano player, guitar player, and got really into it. And I think now as a parent, I look back and I go, my dad was open. You know, the, my parents were there mm-hmm. and not, not that they had to do it, but they were around it and they supported mm-hmm. it and it helped steered me the direction I went Sure, um, when they didn't even realize it, but, and they actually helped with a lot of that, um, what does it look like in that industry? Well, these people are like this, but you don't have to be. You could do that, still do the same thing. I see. Um, yeah. So a lot of a lot of that happened in our home, and we're applying that now to our kids. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and I think that keeping that line of communication open and, and maintaining curiosity as a parent is super important mm-hmm. because it's true. I mean, we don't really know where our kids will end up. And we can't predict the future. So we kind of have to be curious about the now and then allowing them to sort of lead the way. And then when we can connect them to resources and information, even if it's not an area that we know anything about, because that, that happens. So we can't know everything about everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. You know? And your dad, I mean, your dad's a creative though, in, in his own way, right? I mean, building, that takes, yeah. it takes a, right. a certain understanding and creation and, um, uh-huh. You know, I, I say everybody's a creator, whether you're creating um, yes. dances or or buildings or plumbing or putting a car together. It's so true. So what about you, Christina? How about how about your insight on either helping our kids follow their interest or getting started homeschooling or if people yeah. are already doing it and feeling a little confused or worried, like sure. what's, a, what's a direction? Um, well, you know, what was really helpful for me was just reading a getting started by reading a book finding a title that that interested me um there's so much encouragement from from different moms who have written books about homeschooling and so i found that really helpful and then like i said if you if you know someone who homeschools just hanging out with them and asking questions if you're curious and and just being with a real person who does it is so helpful um and i would just say that as a mom, you're the best teacher for your child. Um, none of us are doing it perfectly, and that's that's quite all right. Um, so I think we all have different strengths, and we have this um, innate knowledge of our children that is just so such a gift to them. So so I think it's possible for anyone to homeschool if if you're willing. Yes. And I like too how earlier on you both talked about how you found something that spoke to you and then Nick found something that spoke to him. And I do think that's important to bring yeah. forward because we do learn differently. Yes. And sometimes it is a difference between the male right. male perspective and the female perspective, you know, or the mom and the dad. And so I do think that's that's mm-hmm. a good point to keep in mind for people is to remember that just because it spoke to you a certain way doesn't necessarily mean your your significant other or spouse will see it that way as well. So to keep looking because there are right. lots of voices and lots of, lots of insight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
I would just say, keep, keep digging in, keep, keep learning and, and different wording kind of speaks to different right. people. Like, like Nick just responded really well to the unschooling idea and John Holt's way of talking about things. I think he talks about, I love when he talks about playing instruments and mm. you can learn at any age of your life and how you were saying that you, you want to do that as well. Yeah. I do too. I have this dream of playing the, the viola. Oh my gosh. Yes, that would be amazing. Because <laughs> it's just so beautiful and, and deep. And so I'm like, one day, you know, I might get that big instrument and bring mm -hmm. it home and, you know, maybe I'll be 50, you know, 60 or something. I don't know. But he's, he says that and it's just inspiring. Like there's, there's so much inspiration it out really there. really is. And you kind of just have to, you kind of have to dig in. Well, I think you guys are inspiring and I appreciate you sharing your story today. And it really does give, I, I find all of this so helpful to everyone who would want to listen and who's self-directed, which I think we all are self-directed, but mm -hmm. you know, I think it gives some great, it just, it gives people a template, if you will, of how to pursue interests that the children, that their children may be expressing. And so, um, so thank you. Thank you for offering sure. your insight and offering your story and letting us get a behind the scenes of what's happening at Castro Studios. Yeah. Thank you for having us on. This is great. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was really an honor. This was our first podcast. So you made it very easy and you're so gracious. So we are just really honored to be able to share anything that we have to offer. <laughs> thank you for spending time with us today. I hope you also have a new appreciation for what it takes to create a show and will support Nick and Christina by liking and subscribing to their social media pages and sharing their work of art, Gus Plus Us, with family and friends. Please also mark your calendars for February the 16th when the author and homeschooling mother of seven, Cindy Gaddis, joins me on the Barefoot Playground to talk about supporting and honoring our creative right brain learners. It is sure to be an insightful conversation. As always, stay curious, stay connected, and stay aware. Until next time.